0: Living in North Minneapolis has been stressful at times for Julia and me. One night in September at 1 a.m., Julia sat up in bed and said to me, There's someone in our house. I heard the noises coming from the living room, so I got up, grabbed a golf club, and as I was slowly creeping towards the room, I got robbed. Not of my physical safety, not of my possessions, but of my peace. Now there was no one in our house that night, yet I could not seem to shake that feeling of danger for weeks. Anxiety is a thief, and only God's peace can guard our hearts and minds from it every day. Take your Bibles and flip with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this amazing and glorious truth. Make it real for us. Have your spirit illumine this text. Bring power through your word, through your spirit now. And be glorified. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So a little bit of context for Philippians. Paul wrote these words while he was in prison. He wrote this letter not knowing if he might be beheaded for his faith. We know from 2 Corinthians that he bore a satanic thorn in the flesh, shouldered daily pressure to care for all the churches, faced danger from robbers and nature, and experienced the lowest depths of sickness and pain. The man who wrote Philippians lived through numerous hardships and temptations to anxiety Yet he had a peace that his circumstances could not rob him of. So let's hear what Paul has to say about battling anxiety and its effects with prayer. Battling anxiety and its effects with prayer. Look at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Why? What's bad about being anxious? Well, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, teaches that we are not to be anxious about our life. That this anxiety about life stems from a lack of faith and a wrong focus on the things of this world instead of on the kingdom of God. Now, there are positive uses for this Greek word translated anxious, such as Philippians 2.20. Where it says that Timothy was genuinely concerned for their welfare. Same word. Yet, Paul is saying the type of anxiety that he is prohibiting is an ungodly anxiety concern. One that is rooted in a lack of faith in our Heavenly Father. And what does this ungodly anxiety do? It talks to you. You always screw up, nobody likes you. You're just going to make a fool out of yourself. Run away while you still can. Or maybe it's current and future scenarios that leave you paralyzed internally and unable to think or see anything else. Your panic and worry rise to where even your physical body responds to these intangible thoughts. Heart racing. Trembling. Nausea chest pains, insomnia. In effect, it can conjure up a living nightmare where there seems to be no escape. You're a complex being of body and soul, yet whatever the nature of anxiety may be in your life, Paul is still exhorting you The foundational way of fellowshipping with our God of peace. And thank God that Paul finishes this verse in Philippians. It does not leave us with just don't be anxious about anything. But rather he follows with an amazing command. It isn't a popular and common remedy like do deep breathing exercises or go and buy aromatherapy oils although those tools are means of grace. No. What Paul has in mind involves communion with the God of peace. Look at the second half of verse 6. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The contrast is incredible here. And nothing be anxious but in everything, be prayerful. Let's focus on these three key words in verse six, in which Paul tells us to make known our request to God. They are prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. So, prayer here is a general term that encompasses all types of prayer to God. And then Paul gets more specific supplication. When we're anxious, We feel imprisoned by our thoughts. So Paul is exhorting us not to keep that within ourselves, but to release it in supplication. Release it in earnestly begging for your Father to act on your behalf. And then Paul, surprisingly, goes even deeper and nuances our prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving... Now, maybe some of you are wondering, why did Paul put that there? How does desperation and weakness go along with thanksgiving? And moments of anxiety, doesn't that seem to go against the fiber of our being? In these moments, isn't our core crying out, I hate this feeling. Three reasons. First, I think Paul Is instructing us to make supplication with thanksgiving because of who God is. God's identity and our identity in Him is the most secure thing in the universe. The second reason he's instructing us to make supplication with thanksgiving is because of what God has done for us and is doing for us. A thankfulness for past and current blessings and grace points us to future grace. The third reason he's instructing us to make supplication with thanksgiving is because of the promises that God has given to us as his children. Clinging to the promises in his word directs our hearts to truth. However, somehow in the midst of anxiety this can feel like another burden or weighty yoke. In our flesh it can feel at times oh great, I have to do this duty too. But that's because our anxious hearts don't want to admit to being out of control and dependent on God. But coming to God is where true freedom and rest is found. Jesus lovingly beckons us, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke Upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving is not stoic, dutiful requesting, nor us believing we are ordering items from a cosmic vending machine, nor is it demanding and spoiled rants. It is humbly and earnestly asking our Heavenly Father to move on our behalf since we are His blood-bought children. This is how we let our requests be made known to God. In verse 6, We come to Him in prayer, and it is personal. Now here's the effects of such requests, of such prayer. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you know that this phrase, the peace of God, occurs only here in all the New Testament? He's not talking about peace with God. That is presupposed. If you aren't at peace with God, you can't experience the peace of God But for you who've been reconciled to God through faith in the blood of Christ shed for you on the cross, there's God's very peace that now enters your hearts and rules and reigns and triumphs over all anxiety. Isaiah 26, 3-4 You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. This peace of God that becomes ours when we pray, it surpasses and transcends all human understanding. The most brilliant psychologists in the world can't comprehend it. The most talented scientists can't create it. The most motivating life coach cannot give you a speech that will talk you into this peace. It is God-shaped and God-given. And what does this God-shaped and God-given peace do for you? It guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This word guard here is most often used as a military term to guard by a garrison of soldiers in order to prevent hostile invasion. This would have been an especially vivid image for Paul as he wrote these words, as he sat in chains in a Roman prison. The city of Philippi was home to a Roman garrison, and the sight of soldiers keeping careful watch over the area would have been a common occurrence for these Christians. So, God's peace guards like a garrison of soldiers. And what exactly does this peace guard as a garrison of soldiers not our bodies because we can still get covid or physically suffer from minnesota winters not our possessions because we can still get robbed and our houses broken into and not our reputations because we are still objects of slander and gossip and abuse rather This peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards our hearts and minds, our spiritual life, our values, our passions, our thoughts, that place of deep intimacy with Jesus Himself. And it is in Christ Jesus. This protection which comes from the peace of God is found only in Christ Jesus, a promise for us, who know Jesus and have rooted our faith in Him. So brothers, God is jealous for you to have His peace. I've worked with a lot of kids in my life and a common theme was for them to ask me to hold their hand, especially when they were scared. And our Heavenly Father is saying to you, Call on me, my son. Ask me to hold your hand, And I'll be with you no matter what happens.